Grow, Retain podcast. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. Uh, today, I'm here with Nicole Saunders, who is the director of community over at Zendesk. And uh, she's currently on a uh, cross-country trip, you know, going coast to coast. Uh, so, Nicole, appreciate you making some time for us today. Absolutely. I'm so thrilled to be here. Uh, I like to start off with two icebreakers. So I didn't warn you about these. They're usually I usually like to catch people off guard, uh, and hopefully they're you know fun in nature and easy easy for you to get warmed up here um, on our Tuesday, uh, our Oct- October Tuesday. Um, first one is if you were going to kind of dominate a Jeopardy category. So if you were if they were reading off kind of the category names and you were you were like oh I'm going to crush from one to a thousand. Um, what's like a Jeopardy category that you're like this is, this is it. I'm going to crush this kind of top to bottom. Oh boy. Um, you know, my first thought is like all things community, uh, but I feel like that's a cop-out answer. So it would probably be something (laughs) something a little different, huh? Yeah. Gosh, it would probably be right now, uh, something all about home renovations, like DIY house projects. Uh, cause that is what I do with most of my spare time right now. That's fun. What's what is like a what's one of your recent projects that you're you're still like in awe of that you you got it done and you're like, man, this looks so good. So we renovated our bathroom recently and I took on all of the tile work. And while I was doing oh. it, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. This is not good. I don't know what I'm doing. And then we finished it and it just all like snapped together and it looks really great. And when we looked at the effort we put in and, and what it cost us versus having somebody else do it for us, it was like, wow, that was, that was really worth it. So that's, that's pretty yeah, satisfying. Yeah. I had to tile our backsplash. We did like a, we had a, an apartment that my wife and I had owned and we did a small kitchen renovation. So like, we're not talking large, but we had to do mm-hmm. the backsplash. And so like the tiling work and making sure like to kind of put the mud in and the whole thing I, I have, and I've, my patience is, you know, less than zero probably in terms of a normal person. <laughs> and so like my wife, you know, led the charge on that as well. But uh, you do get so much satisfaction after, you know, I can just remember us walking back into the kitchen like, oh, we did this. Yeah, it looks so nice. looks great. Well, then the cool thing is like, it's done for like 10 or 15 years. You don't have to touch it again. It's amazing. feels like all this work and then it's just great for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Um, All right. Second icebreaker is um, if you were to describe like a perfect Sunday morning, uh, what's like a, what's a great Sunday morning look like for you? You know, what are the, what are the things you're doing? Um, is it, you know, getting out of the house, staying in the house? Is it coffee or tea? Like what's the, what's kind of your Sunday ritual or routine look like? Yeah. Um, so I'm one of those weird people that loves to like get up and work out first thing. (laughs) So for me, it would look like getting out of bed, having a nice sunny day, taking a long walk through the, the park by my house. Uh, then I would come home, have a nice cup of coffee do a crossword puzzle because I'm a big fan of the Sunday crosswords Uh, and then probably head out to brunch with my husband. We're, we're big brunch fans. We love to go out on the weekends. I love that. Is there a, is there a typical uh, brunch spot in Wisconsin that you, that you all are going to, or is it, you know, popping around to new, new and exciting places? I think one of our favorites, there's a spot in Madison called Ogden's North street diner and it's, it's a little spot, but it just has really great ambiance, really, really good food. And so we uh, we love to head to Ogden's and, and get some pancakes and eggs. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, I didn't tell you my answers, which I usually do. So uh, I'll, ret- I'll go back for a second. But okay. the Jeopardy category for me is usually um, 
I think something along the lines of like 90s sports. Like I just remember like reading the new actual <laughs> newspaper, like box scores. Like I just could, like my dad used to get the paper. It used to sit on his chair and he used to read it from like five to 6 PM every night. So like, I just remember like grabbing the physical paper. So I feel like that would be uh, something that I could crush in terms of a category. And then um, Sunday mornings, uh, I would give you my like, my perfect version answer, which sounds similar to yours, uh, you know, working out, getting outside. Uh, we have an awesome spot around our house to go for a walk. I like to work out in the mornings, um, going to brunch. My wife and I are also fans. Uh, but we also have a, um, we have a 16 month old at home. And so I would say largely, uh, our mornings now are dictated by what time he wakes up. Uh, and it's usually been about 5.00 AM and, uh, and then we're, uh, he usually likes to go outside as well. So we're outside with the dogs in the backyard at about 5.00 AM, uh, watching Oof. the dogs run around while he claps at them. Uh, and right now it's a little chilly, so it's been, uh, it's been pretty funny. That's amazing. Uh, well, I'm excited to do this. You know, uh, you have such a, a great background in community and it sounds like, uh, you've been able to. Uh, navigate many situations around community and how it can bring value to the business. And so um, I figured, you know, a great place to start. There's, there is like this um, kind of undercurrent, I think that we're hearing from our customer success leaders out there that um, they can play a much more active role in the community and it can help uh, with many, I think, outcomes that they're trying to drive for customers. Um, and, you know, there's kind of this great win-win, right? The community gets, uh, a much more engaged uh, kind of customer success leader who's really trying to actively push customers into this space and community, and then vice versa. The uh, you know the customers and the customer success leader get uh, you know this great space that usually uh, can can be designed for uh, specific outcomes that we're trying to drive. And so uh, I'm curious if you uh, in some of your roles or positions right now, um, how have you tried to maybe approach or get really the kind of the customer success persona or leaders around the business kind of bought into the idea that community can be something that, you know, is effective and can play a role for them. Yeah. Uh, we've been having a lot of those conversations, to be honest. One of the things that I love about engaging success leaders in a community space is it really empowers you to bring a lot more of those strategic best practices into the community. Um, our community started out in the support space. And so for a long time, a lot of the conversations were very transactional, right? Somebody would show up with a problem or a question, they'd get an answer, and then they'd leave. And there wasn't a lot of other content for them to engage with. And so you end up with this sort of high churn rate or low participation rate in the community when it's very transactional like that. So starting to bring our success teams into the community space and talk more about best practices has been a great way to create content that is useful to users, create engagement, where not only do they come there when there's a problem, but they can come there when there's something they want to learn about. Um, if they're trying to figure out, you know, maybe they're getting into knowledge management for the first time and they want to figure out what are, what are my best practices? How should I be thinking about content? How should I be structuring a team to produce documentation or something like that? They can start to have those conversations. And so I think that that is really great. I think the other key with success is there's such a great overlap between scaled or what I've been hearing sometimes called digital first success and community. When we talk about what are ways that we can have a one-to-many interaction to make sure we're really getting our customers the support that they need and helping them understand the products and services and tools, I mean, that's what community is there for. Uh, you know, we do we do that and so much more because there's so much focus on on connecting customers to each other. But to a certain extent, by getting success into the community, 
your community members become an extension of your success team. You can have somebody from success start a conversation or join a conversation, and then other members will jump in too. And now you've got this really great dialogue and back and forth across everyone. So I've been talking with our leaders a lot around those things and just where we have common goals and objectives for what we want to accomplish for the customers. Um, One of the things I've been telling my team this year is that our primary KPI is how many other teams' KPIs can we help them achieve? How many other teams can we have an impact on? And that's been particularly successful in our working with our scaled success team. Um, I love both those. And uh, going back, you know, I think the this idea of the difference between kind of this transactional versus uh, I'm going to call it relational, but um, mm-hmm. you know, th- this idea of of how can we kind of create um, more avenues for somebody to kind of get value is the way I think about that um, a lot as well. And um, I don't know, there's there's such a difference there, and you can kind of notice it right when you go. Um, and I think one of the things that I've noticed in some great communities. Um, out there as well is that they are, um, you know, no communities ever set it and forget it. Like there has to be this active tending and, um, you know, you're really trying to cultivate a lot of aspects, but there is this aspect of, um, I find that great communities are often um, almost like member led, right? Like there is kind of this idea that they feel like they, they have um, helped bore this community. And so they are, you know, playing an active role and they want to kind of go make these connections because, you know, a large part of uh, our work is spent working with other people. And if I know that somebody else is in a similar role, t- you know, uh, tackling similar similar challenges, I want to get to know that person, um, not only just to help answer their question, maybe in a, a specific instance in the community, but now I've got kind of a another confidant, a network that I can grow. Uh, maybe I see them at an event, right? There's kind of the, all this, like you said, all this, all these relational aspects that come out of maybe that just one answer of a question um, or one best practice that I can share. And so I love that kind of distinction that you, you um, kind of talked about there between transactional versus relational. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, what you were just talking about, about building those different relationships, there's a couple of pieces to that. One is that talking to someone who has done the thing that you're trying to do is going to have so much more value than any expert telling you how the product was designed or how it should work or how they think you can achieve it right? You want to actually talk to somebody who's done the thing. And chances are, even the best trained support agents or success reps may not have done exactly what you're trying to do in exactly the same kind of a setting. And that's where bringing the community members into that conversation adds a whole new dimension that's really valuable. I think it's also really important for customers to feel like they've got a network of people that they can reach out to when they're having a challenge. It's not just, oh, well, I can't figure out how to do this in the software, so I guess I better go look for another tool. It's oh, I can't figure this out, but I'm going to ask some of my colleagues and and some of my peers that I know are dealing with these things and see if they've got a solution. And if they don't, then maybe we go to the company and and provide some product feedback or or see if there's some services help that we can get or something like that. But I think it adds a whole new layer of stickiness when they've got that relationship and other people they can tap into to work through any challenges that they come across. How long does it take you to summarize a customer account for a meaningful meeting the history, product usage, health score, survey responses, call notes, interactions, it can take hours. Or it can take a few seconds with customer briefs from Churn Zero. Powered by CSAI, customer briefs gives you an instant account summary with every detail that matters in a single click. 
Discover how much time your team can save with Churn Zero, your platform and partner for customer success at churnzero.com. Yeah, the the other aspect I think about quite a bit too with us, um, you know, as SaaS companies is there a lot of times there is like, I think you were mentioning like there's a technical way to do something, right? It was designed in a certain way. There's a configuration that we have to do. Um, but a large part of our roles whenever we purchase software is um, actually trying to kind of drive change in our business. And a lot of that happens outside of the product, right? It, it happens in mm-hmm. kind of other processes or other technologies that integrates. Like there's kind of this ecosystem that like once we buy a product, like really the challenge doesn't become all the configuration and getting everything done in that specific thing. It's like, what are all the other kind of process and workflows? And that's where I feel like the relational aspect of communities comes in where it's like, hey, this person has not only configured and done the product, but they've also you know, integrated it into their uh, kind of operating cadence. Maybe they have a weekly meeting that they review certain metrics, or maybe there's a best practice on um, how they get their teams more involved in the product uh, or how to do something, right? There's kind of all these things that come out of it. So I think about that quite a bit too of, of uh, you know, our, uh, a, lar- a long time ago, I heard a great quote that said, um, nobody, go- n- nobody is going through their career saying, I can't wait to become a great software user right? They're, they're usually trying to accomplish something else through the software. So just helping kind of bring that mindset, um, you know, I think that comes out in community a lot, which is, um, you know, you, you start to get into topics and things that just uh, kind of expand beyond your product. And that also is a win, right? You're, now your customer sees you engaging and talking about um, all of these things that, you know, isn't uh, directly tied to the configuration or technical side, but it helps them in their day-to-day role. And that's what people remember is, oh, you know, Zendesk over time, uh, Zendesk has done this and been so helpful to me that whenever I move to my next company, I'm going to bring Zendesk in, right? I know it because of all the things they've helped me do, not only in the software, but in my role um, as a leader. Exactly. And if you think about how people are going to engage in a community, like I said, if you're just doing product support, if you're just doing Q&A, they're only going to show up when they have a problem. That's not going to create a very consistent community. It's not going to create people that feel like they know each other. And you also don't want people only coming when they have a problem, right? When they're frustrated, when they're stuck, you want to create things that help them in their careers. And to your point, it goes way beyond the product or tool that they're, they're working with. For us, it's more about being a community of CX professionals. And maybe there's content and conversations there that are helpful, even if you don't use our product. That's great. Like I think that is almost a you know the the gold standard for a lot of communities is when can when do I reach the point that the conversations in my community are so valuable to people that work in this profession they don't even have to be a user of my tool in order to find value out of it and that's that's really what that's what I'm going for anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You start to become uh, almost like this inbound, right? It's like people are coming to you uh, and you're like, wow, this is a great great thing to have. Um, exactly. The, the second thing you had mentioned in your um, kind of that answer was around this idea of like scaled success teams are becoming um, more popular or more widely used. It seems mm-hmm. like that motion is definitely becoming something that SaaS companies are focused on, uh, given the probably the economic climate, thinking about um, yep. a little bit more of a focus on retention rather than growth. And so um, I'm curious if there is um, a program or two that um, comes to mind for you right now that that you have kind of worked along that scaled success team and kind of said, Hey, this really is going to benefit both of us. Like let's kind of drive this through the community. Um, and you know, we can really both see really, really big benefits out of it. 
Yeah. So uh, th this, this answer is partly a software answer, but it is a broader business answer as well. So our Scaled Success team hosts weekly sort of office hours, which they call CS Live. And it's that opportunity for anyone that doesn't have a dedicated success manager can still come and talk to somebody in success and get questions answered and that kind of thing. And so the Scaled Success team was looking for how they could share this with customers and promote it and kind of even where to host it virtually, right? Yeah. Well, at the same time, we were putting together our user groups and we were using a tool called Bevy to host those chapters and those events and kind of create that. And I kind of stopped and said, well, you know, both of these things are tackling the same audience, right? They're looking at getting customers connected to experts and it's different groups, it's different purposes for the events, but do we really need these to live in separate ecosystems? And so we decided to combine forces and pull that together and present both of those programs through our one Bevy portal. And so we've got chapters for our user groups, and then we've also got chapters for the CX Live. And you can sign up for whichever region you want, and you get notifications about that. And so it's been this really funny thing. And at first, everybody's like, well, is it your software? Is our software? And whose budget line does this fall under? And how do we have governance? And we've just figured out how to share all of that and work really cross-functionally so that we're not doing what is often called shipping your org chart, right? Which is saying, well, this is hosted by success. So it's in this software program. This is hosted by community. So it's over here, but rather saying, this is for customers. So we're going to surface yeah. all of it in the same portal. And then we'll help you as you move through that space, figure out like, oh, do you want to go to an office hours with a Zendesk expert? Or do you want to go to a meetup with other Zendesk users? And depending on who you want to connect with, we'll get you in the right event. I love that example, especially because the the I think of a huge benefit down the line, right? Is is now you've got people, I think, going to somewhere where they know they can get value, like you said, whether it's into the user group um, and finding their peers, or if it's into a, an expert and finding um, some great best practices or answers. But now, when you introduce new programs, they've already been going to a place and they've kind of mm -hmm. seen the framework, the way you've rolled this out. Like now, I think they're probably much more um, open to seeing, okay, if there's a new program that you want to roll out and we can kind of use it maybe in the similar platform, then like we've already got all these users who are already going there, who have already seen this, they've already interacted and used this. Um, I can't tell you how many times like I've gone and signed up for like a marketing event at a company and then gone to like their community and signed up for something different. And then also CX has something, you know, different for like a Zoom call. And it's like, okay, like now I'm getting notifications and different tools and systems and everything. And I'm like, I'm so lost as a customer that I'm, you know, I thought this was for me, but now it feels like I'm, I'm like, uh, almost like being attacked, right? Like it's, so I think there's <laughs> such a benefit down the line of that. Totally. And I think it makes it easier for all that stuff to be discoverable too, right? You might have a user that goes to one of those events and they see the listings for one of the other ones because they're in the same platform. And so you can just bring all of that together. And then we, when we do promotions, we can also share marketing. You know, I think every company yeah. probably struggles with like, how many emails can we send our users before they tune us out? And the fewer, the better, probably. You want to have a little bit more focus on things. And so we're able to promote as a customer hub. Hey, come here and find out about all of the different ways that you can connect with all of these different Zendesk experts, as opposed to having to run separate campaigns and separate marketing efforts for each thing. Yeah. The, the other thing that uh, makes me think of this too, is that a lot of scaled success teams, um, like you said, like the, the goal, right, is like, how can I engage with many of our customers at one time? Um, and again, I think some people think of, oh, we, we have to be the ones delivering that all the time. Um, right. 
if we are that scaled success team, when in, I think in this example, right, like we actually, I think they get a massive benefit that they can actually push users into a um, user group that, like you said, isn't necessarily having to be run by that. Like they don't have to be there um, kind of every minute to kind of oversee what's happening. They actually get some time back to maybe go do something else when, you know, again, I think when you look at a lot of traditional CSM models, right, it's always been kind of coming from this one-to-one -one call. I need to be engaging with the customer all the time and, and kind of on it. And, you know, now you're trying to get your teams to think a little bit more expansively. And I think that's just one of the examples that also stands out for me, which is, hey, if I can get, like you said, there's a benefit for both teams here and there's a benefit, huge benefit for the customer, but benefit for both teams. And if I can get as a scaled success leader, um, if I can get, you know, somebody going into a program that we don't have to actively manage, then I can go spend our time doing, you know, just that extra, one other extra thing that is going to maybe move the needle as well. So I think there's just a benefit there um, when I think about it. Exactly. And it's it's really easy for them to say, you know, hey, we've met with you one on one. And if you have more questions, there's actually a user group meetup next week. Here's where you can go attend that. And so there's a great opportunity to sort of cross promote and provide those resources. We've also looked a lot at um, my team also hosts events for the community that are they, they started as AMAs. We were trying to do them in the forum and we were like, OK, let's look at what are people asking a bunch of questions about? Let's get some product managers in there and answer a whole bunch of questions on that topic. And then people kept asking us where they could watch the recording. We're like, no, no, it's it's an AMA. It's written. It's in the forums. And they're like, so is there a video? <laughs> and so finally after four or five of these, we're like, you know what? Let's do it live. We're already on a Zoom call talking to our product managers to get answers to these questions. Let's let everybody tune in. And it became a fully blown webinar program that we now run on these product topics. So now we're also working with Scaled Success to say, hey, if you're going to host office hours on a topic, let's look at our event schedules and align it so that that's like the 101. And then if they want to do a deeper dive, they can come to this community event as a 201. And now we're looking at how can we share this with customers as a package and say something like, hey, you're looking into kicking off a knowledge management program. Here's your introductory level. Here's your deep dive. And here's a user group that's meeting and talking about that two weeks afterward. And so there's now a, a path. There's a whole customer journey. There's different touch points. People can attend all of it in order or they can attend pieces of it. And so it just gives you these greater opportunities for collaboration where if we weren't in the same space and if we weren't sharing those resources, we might never have had that conversation. The other key to this is something I'm a really big fan of is for community teams is aligning the way that you measure and talk about things to the way that other internal teams do. So many communities are constantly like, how do I get buy-in? How do I communicate with my executives? How do I tell them what I'm up to? And so for us to be able to go to the success org and we're reporting out of the same tool on the same members, we can show how much crossover there's been between the two things, how it's leveling up both of our KPIs. That's been really, really valuable to have that insight where we don't now have to go look across multiple systems to see who's participating on both sides. We don't have to go try to come up with some fancy metric to talk about how we're feeding attribution in one direction or another. We can just all look at it in the same tool. And, and that's been really incredible too. Yeah. The other thing that this um, also, you, you mentioned kind of this earlier that I wanted to call out as a little bit of a bigger point, which is yeah. um, it's really hard when there are kind of multiple teams trying to run multiple programs because mm -hmm. um, everybody ends up having the same distribution problem, which is how can I get this in front of our customers to then come actually to the thing that we want them to be doing? Um, and like you said, so I think what generally starts to happen when people think of like scaled success and trying to do one, one to many is every team is kind of doing 
multiple programs, multiple things, thinking every customer is going to come and then, you know, seven people show up and it's like, okay, is this really worth the effort? And so I like your point though, of like, how can we organize these things so that they feel um, not duplicative in any sense, but really additive to each other. So here, like you said earlier, that here's the one-on-one, here's the 201, here's the peer-driven conversation. And now we can promote that as a package, which means, you know, instead of nine emails, three emails for each of those three events, now you've got maybe a three email sequence that's promoting all of those. And it just, again, I think it cuts down on um, fatigue for your customer. And then also it tries to just maximize like, hey, can we drive the attendance um, around these things and the attention? Because we know that that's like the scarcity that we have with our customers is like that attention is very finite and we can't just keep, you know, blasting every event uh, that we're going to do and it's 20 or 30 a month. And then there's, you know, every customer is like, there's one a day, what am I supposed to go to? That it almost like creates this confusion. So I love that um, that point too of like, hey, if we're gonna, gonna, going to organize these things, we have to think about the distribution side and getting customers to attend these things, which is really almost like the hardest part of the equation is getting customers to come um, and attend these things. You know, it's usually, it's rarely the content. We're great content producers. We know what, what to talk about. Um, but just getting that in front of customers. Absolutely. I think that also always begs the question of, you know, if you're hosting events and it's hard to get customers to it, are you hosting the right events? Are you covering the right content? And one of the things I've been advocating for a lot is really looking at what does our target audience need, right? And in my case, and at Scaled Successes, it's it's customers. And so what kind of content is our our customers looking for? And then which teams internally are the right ones to lead that? And then let's schedule the events that way. Most businesses, I think, typically operate from, you know, oh, we need to drive X amount of customer engagement or attribution. What programs are you going to do to do that? And then the content is almost the last piece of the puzzle. Like, all right, what are those webinars going to be about? And I think it's really important to look at that content from the ground up because that's going to make your marketing and your attendance numbers easier too. If you're like, hey, we really want to talk about this new thing, but actually our customers want to talk about this thing from like three years ago. Great. Provide them content on that. Help them do it. And of course, you have to balance business goals and customer needs. But I'm always going to be a little bit on the side of the customer needs of uh, making sure that you're developing those pieces, but making sure you're packaging it in a way that makes sense to them, too. Yeah, we just ran a webinar series uh, or we have a webinar series and um, we just pulled in. This goes back to your point or will relate to your point. We uh, there's a a woman here named Shauna who um, has played a role across like several teams, but she knows our customers so well. She's been a deep product expert. She's also run education programs. She also runs our own community. And so, um, and she's kind of held all these different roles. So we just revived our community. We kind of went through this um, revision. We kind of went through and, and said, similar to what you mentioned, right? Like, what are we really doing in the community? Who, who's it for? How do we kind of build the right outcomes mm-hmm. that we're trying to drive? And so she was leading that effort. And so, um, you know, who better than to come talk about that in a webinar and bring almost like these real actionable playbooks that she was using and running and like these tangible pieces. And, and like you said, it's like when you can marry content, especially with something that somebody has been doing and uh, kind of living and breathing, then like, that's also where I think you end up finding such a great um, kind of vertical because your customers can almost like sense that coming through like, oh my gosh, like she was actually doing it. Like, look at, you know, the passion she's talking about, the members and all the stuff, like I don't know, you can just kind of sense that coming through as well, that like the content does matter at the end of the day, because um, especially if you can make it, we always think about making it actionable because, you know, there's many companies out there who can produce great pie in the sky or theory or, you know, 
uh, here's what I would do uh, in those situations. But if you can have somebody who says, no, I was in the seat, here's the actual programs that we ran. Here's the frameworks that I used. Like it just goes such a long way. It's so key to make sure that people are walking away with something they can actually go do, not just a concept or an idea, but hey, I'm going to go schedule this meeting and have this conversation, or I'm going to create this resource, or I'm going to make this kind of editorial calendar, whatever it is. That is that is so key. And I know for us, one of the things that we've really seen is our customers are most energized when they walk away with something that they can like go implement and you know take to their boss and be like, hey, look, I did this thing. This is this really cool piece that I implemented because I went to this webinar and I learned about it and now I can level up our business. And that's where I always get at the idea that at the end of the day, our, our goal is to make people better at their jobs. Yeah. Now they use our software to do their jobs. And so a lot of it is helping them with that piece, but it goes beyond just how to use the tools and really into how to, how to do their jobs, how to be successful in their career path. Yeah. I'm with you on that. That is uh, very core to what we believe too. We used to have the saying when we run when we ran our community or well, we still run it, but gain, grow, attain. Uh, when we first started it, we used to have this theory, uh, this saying that was like information should be free, which was like this guiding principle for us that was like, we need to bring these um, kind of so-called like behind the scenes documents or processes or things that we were doing um, and kind of bring the frameworks to the table because um, we felt like it was not out there. And that was kind of the basis of how we started our community. So it was just an interesting little um, nugget. But um, one thing you mentioned earlier that I wanted to make sure we kind of talked through was um, you mentioned, uh, you kind of mentioned it twice. The first instance was you said, you know, you kind of told your team like, hey, um, almost like the more that we can align our our goals to the goals of some other teams, how many, you know, kind of their KPIs, like that's a great thing. And then you also just said um, something along the lines of just how we measure and talk uh, about goals and systems and reporting, like that also can go a long way. So I'm just curious how you um, have approached that in terms of just how do you bring the right metrics and story to the table? Like you said, I know there's probably a bunch of different um, teams that you're trying to work with. And so there's probably probably shifts a little bit in terms of the metrics or things that you look at, but is there maybe a story or a team that you've worked with recently where you're, you kind of say, hey, that really worked out when there was alignment there. We could talk about similar KPIs and like, you know, this is like the business outcome that we were able to drive. Yeah. So I told you about how we had started doing AMAs and this turned into a digital event motion. And so now we do these different kinds of webinars and things. So one of the first things I did once we started moving in that direction was I went to uh, the team that does like our global webinars and events and said, what KPIs do you report on? What are the things you track? What do you report up to see staff? How do you track those things? And then I talked to my operations manager and my events manager said, okay, we need to make sure we're measuring the exact same stuff for our events and that we're reporting in the exact same way. And, you know, after every one of their webinars, they send a thing out on Slack that says how many people attended and how many dollars of pipeline they generated in each of these pieces. We're going to use that exact same format because it does a couple of things. One, it makes it familiar to the stakeholders. When you report out in that fashion, they're like, oh, great. I see these for these events. Now I see it for these events. I know what these yeah. stats mean. Two, it really gives you legitimacy. I think that a challenge that a lot of community teams have had over the years is like, we're this special unicorn that does all of these things and we report differently than everybody else. And then people are like, okay, well, I don't know what to make of these stats. I don't know what this means. Now I need more context. Whereas if we could start to report in that same way, it really gave us that legitimacy of, hey, we're doing the exact same 
I shouldn't say the exact same thing because obviously we've got our own nuance to our program, but we can be measured in the exact same way that these other teams can be measured. We can show the same kinds of impact on the business. Now, absolutely, there are times that we have to come up with some of our own metrics and special things, but wherever in our program that we've been able to align to those things have really pushed us to do it. And so I think the first key is for, you know, whoever's leading that program, go out and find out who's doing something similar to what you're doing. How are they measuring it? How are they reporting on it? And can you align to those same systems? It'll also save you a lot of time in figuring out like what integrations you need and what reports you got to run. You know, you might be able to talk to your data scientists and be like, hey, can you do that exact same report for me, but just with this data set instead? It's going to make all of those conversations easier and it's going to help you have a better idea of where your community sits and what impact you're having in relationship to the rest of the business. And that's the other key is not only is it familiar, not only does it legitimize what you're doing, but it also helps you have a good awareness of, hey, you know, this team drives $2 million of pipe and we do too. We can put ourselves in the same footing as opposed to like, oh, we don't really know where we stand. People maybe have the impression that you're not doing as much as you actually are, that kind of thing. So I think it's really, really valuable to do that. But it does mean leaders have to get out there. You have to be cross-functional. You have to build those relationships and get those insights and really understand how other parts of the business work so that you can talk to people using their language. There's a couple of things that I love that you had talked about. The first was the idea of really understanding how the business works. Um, and I think that's not just for community leaders, but I also think just, at least in my career, I've, I've found that as I've moved up in organizations, um, had more responsibility, whatever you know, kind of term you want to use, like really what's, what starts to happen, right, is you kind of get an aperture where you start to say, okay, well, I was really focused in this area, but now like I have access to people that are you know, this big and now it's this big. And now, and the more aperture that you have, you can start to see how, like you said, a dollar might come in through marketing and sales and turn into a customer and then get a renewal. And like, we need to enhance the product, right? But you can kind of see how, I almost think of it as like how a dollar travels through the business. And if I can understand that, then like you said, now I understand so much more about um, kind of the de- the types of decisions that they are going to make or how they're going to kind of like think about their decision ideology almost. So um, I like that point so much just about, you know, understanding the context of the business. The, uh, and then the other piece that I really love that you had called out was, um, and I don't think you said it explicitly, so I'm kind of calling it out a little bit, but, or um, uh, expanding on it a little bit. But um, I also think that you, um, there's like a story to tell. And sometimes I think we, uh, community leaders and CS leaders sometimes might get hung up on like the big metric, like, oh, I want to drive a higher retention or renewal rate or more revenue. And those are certainly things that we want to align to. But I think um, even the story that you were telling or or talking about, right, was like, well, what are the things that we just measure for this uh, webinar program? And like, that's a great leading metric or leading aspect of like, hey, let's just tell the story of this right now. And then over time, as we start to uh, build out and materialize maybe multiple programs in our community or um, kind of multiple aspects, then, you know, then there's going to be moments where we can kind of come together and say, okay, you know, we can show that we influenced, um, you know, this many renewals or this much revenue, right? Like it can come over time, but I think sometimes we get hung up on, well, if I can't show revenue today, then they're just going to cut my program or they're not going to invest. But right. I also just think that there's like a story that you kind of have to like bring them along. And I think you were alluding to that just in like, like these programs can have certain key measures or metrics, um, and we can kind of build on that over time. 
Absolutely. And I think that being a great storyteller is one of the key skill sets for good community leaders because there are so many stories to tell. There are individual stories. There's the story of the whole community. And and then there's the story of the business. And you're that's basically what you're doing. You're constantly telling stories back and forth. You're pulling things from your community to tell your business. You're pulling things from your business to tell your community. And ideally, making everybody's lives better in the process. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're... If, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you're if you're a community professional and you're not super comfortable storytelling, find one of those online courses and get familiar with it because it is, it's your secret power is to be able to round up all of those insights and pieces of information and then tell those stories in a compelling way to the audience that they're going to connect with the most effectively. Um, I was just looking over to my bookshelf. Uh, there's a book uh, that I like to read. I've read that's called Storyworthy, and it was all mm. about um, this idea of how he he was actually building, um, he was building like uh, slam poetry type stories. Like he, in the, so it's like his evolution, but he kind of brings a framework to it. So uh, Story Worthy is a good one that I've read recently, uh, just as a shout out to storytelling. Um, all right. I know we're at the, we're getting to the end. Uh, so just as a recap, some things that I wrote down um, that we talked about today. So this idea of transactional versus relational. And so, you know, when CS leaders think about, you know, what's in community, like this idea that we need to get beyond just transactional relationships with our customers. Uh, there's a great way that community can help you do that. Um, this idea of scaled success um, has become so prominent. And so how can you really help to align with um, the community around these scaled ideas and try and just uh, wherever we can, how do we create synergies, use the same tools, use the same programs, because it's going to benefit the customer, um, which ultimately will benefit us. Uh, was another thing. The um, the third thing that I wrote down was just the the measure and talk. Um, but you had mentioned a couple of things just around um, aligning, you know, around uh, certain KPIs or metrics that other teams might have. Um, just being able to storytell and go around the organization, build those relationships, and really kind of talk about um, the community and the business, and the business and the community. Uh, so those are like three big takeaways that I have. So um, I wrote down a ton of notes though. This is super. Uh, exciting for me. I appreciate your time, Nicole. Uh, if people want to find more of you and all the things that you're doing and working on, uh, where is a great place for them to do that? Well, I'm happy to connect with folks on LinkedIn. Of course, you can always come to the Zendesk community at zendesk.com slash zendesk dash community. That will direct you to all of the different programs and offerings we have. Um, and if you like the sound of my voice, I also host a couple of different podcasts, the primary one being the Conversations with Zendesk podcast. So we have new drops every two weeks. I have conversations with different leaders in the CX space, and we cover the whole gamut of customer journey, customer CX, uh, customer experience. So come check that out. Awesome. Uh, and we will make sure that those are all in the show notes. Uh, so appreciate your time and doing this for us today. Uh, this has been super fun. And maybe, you know, maybe there's a part two down the road. I feel like uh, there's more that we can dive into at some point. So um, we'll, have to, we'll have to find a, the right time to do it. I would love that. Thanks so much for having me today. Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Um, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. 
It's gangrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, Be on the lookout also for live events, both in-person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you.